Welcome to Power of Her Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Anderson, but most people just call me Jazz. This podcast consists of interviews with amazing women in Michigan to hear their story and learn about their passions. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Also, follow us on Instagram at Power of Her Podcast for updates. Now, enjoy the episode. Hi guys, I'm here with Emily. Hey, I let me just say this as a side note. I really love the fact that your last name is Hey, and I love like all of the play on words with Hey that you do. I think that's so cool. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> um, so this season of the podcast, I switched things up. So we're gonna do rapid fires first, and then get into. Um, the not so rapid questions after. Um, so what book are you currently reading? Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. Ooh, what's that about? Well, it's about finding a system that works for your home life. Uh, it's all about the equal division of, I shouldn't even say equal division, the fair division of invisible work. So it's actually not the first time I've read the book. It's one of those, I'm going back to another time because time is so limited for me to read a book cover to cover. So I'm going for a second round on Fair Play. I feel like I need that book in my life because yeah, like all of the things trying to get done in a day, it's crazy. Um, I mean, there's so much conversation around that. Yes, yes, for sure. So what are three things that you do for self-care? Do you, do you hear this pause? I have to really think what, again, self-care at this point in time has a very, very low expectation. So trying to you know keep that in mind as I define self-care. One of the things I do try to do is at least listen to 15 minutes of something while driving, um, getting my kids from one pod session to a preschool to whatever school looks like at that given week. I do try to listen to not necessarily audiobooks, but just quick podcasts and episodes of things that will get me thinking about things outside of my current life. It also helps with the whole practice of gratitude, hearing things outside of what you are currently mulling over in your head. So I'd say one one self-care step is listening to some sort of, like I said, podcast. Um, another thing, self-care is thinking about my business. It's one thing to, you know, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs get caught in the trap of working in the business, not on the business. So even in the moment, if I can't be working on the business, thinking about the business is, you know, in that moment, like I said, we might have 40 other things that need our attention. So even just carving out a little mental time that nobody else can see that I'm thinking about the business instead of laundry or kids schedules or the pandemic is, is actually self-care to me. And then I'd say a third thing is, is really just, just being able to think outside of our current situation. I mean, really remembering that what we have in front of us today isn't always going to be this way. So again, very simple, simple things, Jazz. I'm not a very, very exciting self-care person. (laughs) No, I mean, I think that those three things are great. And I think that um, you know, we all have this idea of what society tells us self-care is. So I think knowing what that looks like for you and just being honest with that is really important. So, Well, thank you. Yeah, self-care, I don't know if you've felt this over the last year. I think women in particular jumped to the, you know, the silly thoughts of it, like wine and 
you know, not caring what type of day it is to have your wine, but self-care can also be, you know, I've talked about this before, developing your professional self. Um, and so maybe that just means, again, thinking of, well, what's something I want to do down the road? It doesn't have to be next week. It could be in a year, but developing other aspects of yourself is also self-care to me. Yeah, for sure. I'm an Enneagram three wing four. So I drive off of like accomplishments and like doing things. So I agree that like it really, really fills up my cup when I'm doing things for my business or, you know, my hobbies or anything like that just really fill my cup. So I'm totally there with you. Um, Glad it resonates. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite meal at a Michigan restaurant? I'm a big fan of Slow's Barbecue. We do, we've splurged a few times with some takeout, uh, of course, over the pandemic, but yeah, I, I absolutely love going to Slow's and getting barbecue. What do you get from there? I'm a pulled pork with the Carolina sauce. Ooh. I do like ribs, I've gotten more into ribs, but you cannot go wrong with good pulled pork. And as many times as I've tried to hack that and use my slow cooker and sear the outside of the pork first or try a different method, I cannot seem to make pulled pork. It's just not ever the, same. the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Barbecue sounds so good today. You know, all I want to ask you is the same question. (laughs) I'm so curious. What about you? Um, So I'm here in Lansing, but um, I really love El Oasis. I love to get tacos from there. Um, I actually made tacos last night, which we always make tacos. But last night, my family was like, El Oasis who? Like, these tacos are amazing. And I've been, like, really getting into making my own salsa. Oh, and so um, they were just really, really here for it. And another thing, we were like a corn tortilla family. Like we don't. Okay. We're not often doing flour, um, and so we normally like you know just fry them on the stove. But this time I use like um, I can't. I think it's an olive oil spray, and I put them okay. in the air fryer, and so they weren't super greasy. They were just like perfect amount of crisp they were really good so see uh, for as many of us gals plan on that taco tuesday to hear of a way that you totally nailed it not that it has to only be on a weeknight meal but yeah. that's so great good for you yeah because yeah tacos are great and you don't want to only have to rely on the takeout <laughs> for sure for sure and my husband doesn't eat meat so i always have to make him like a separate style of something okay um, so it's mm-hmm. always like two types of the same thing always with everything <laughs> okay well I'll, I'll be looping back to you on some meatless taco ideas <laughs> yes yes we i like to really have fun um with it and he he was telling me the other day because he eats veggie burgers you know and he was like i'm really getting tired of just like the typical burger so i was like let me like have fun with it so tonight i'm making burgers turkey burgers and then veggie burgers but um and I'm gonna saute like red onion pineapple do some like sesame teriyaki sauce with spinach and provolone cheese see that is amazing I love every single one of those flavors and talk about you can never complain about a boring turkey burger if you're doing all of that to it good job jazz (laughs) (laughs) um so what is your favorite song that you're listening to right now my favorite song. Yeah. Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's so specific yet weird because it just 
it's just, I love Dolly Parton. Yeah. And it puts me in a good mood, that song. And to think about, I'm old enough now to hear remixes of songs and to remember the Ghetto Superstar song that was from that particular <laughs> Islands in the Stream song. Yeah. And it, you know, it just, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize this had an original. So, and I've made my girls listen to it and I just talk in the car about how great Dolly's voice is. So as left out of left field as that song is, it's what I'm listening to. That's so fun. <laughs> and I love that you're listening to it with your girls and like, <laughs> Um, teaching them about like the originals, you know, that's, that's Thank pretty you. cool. <laughs> <laughs> again, they're four and six. They might not grasp all of it, but just to, uh, just to, again, have music on that makes them see me in a good mood is, is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And like 20 years from now, when they randomly hear that song, they'll be like, I remember this as a kid. Like, and mom used to play this song all the time. It, you're right. Music does bring <laughs> back a lot of memories. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for rapid fires. Um, so Emily, tell tell me just who you are. Who do you see yourself as in the world? Sure. Well, thank you, Jasmine. I I am a work from home mom. I have a husband. I have family out of state. I'm a Type A person. I feel like I'm a high achiever slash OCD at times. Um, I'm someone who generally believes there's always a better way. I do try to push ideas outside the box and you know, if something isn't working, you can complain about it once, but if something isn't working and you don't try to fix it, don't bother complaining about it twice. So a lot of that kind of mixes into my motivations for why I decided to become self-employed. And also it, it parlays back to the thought of what book I'm reading now when I talk about um, Fair Play, that's all about it, coming up with a new system for your home life. Like, I feel like I've got the work side of my life figured out. But um, yeah, as I said, it's something that I, I strive to, like I said, think outside the box, try to go the extra mile, try to have the glass half full, not always easy, but that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business. My Thank you. So a little bit about my business. It's called Hey There Social Media, and I have had it for 10 years now. And it's a social media marketing company for small to medium-sized businesses. So any business that outsources social, whether that's just a piece of their social or handling everything under the sun for them, that's where I started. And that's how I built a team of all moms. And fast forward to... 2019 when my team and I really just said we can continue to keep growing as a little boutique shop or I think it's time to, to pivot and that's where we decided to go out and start teaching other women most of the time moms because a lot of moms need the flexibility we began teaching moms how to do what we do and so today we very much have two audiences and that's still the businesses that we deliver their social media marketing and also the moms that want to learn how to do social media marketing as a flexible career for themselves. Yeah, I love that you guys did that pivot. And I think Aww. that it's so incredible that you guys took like the knowledge that you've gained in the 10 years you've had this business, right? To teach other women how to do the exact same thing. Like that is literally incredible. Thank you, Jazz. I assure you, I, I felt very, confident in the timing of it because we had all that 
tenure under our belt, but I assure you there were times thinking like, who the heck am I to tell someone how to do this? Because I'm figuring it out myself and I am someone who thinks you must, you know, you go and you learn something and then you're qualified or even then you're not quite qualified. It's, I don't know if it's a woman thing, it's the imposter syndrome thing, but it was the, the perfect time for us really, because we finally felt confident enough in what we've done and we've seen enough results from the businesses and realized that we're never going to reach all the businesses that need help with this. And there are so many women out there that are capable and interested in it. And we just have one particular way to get them into being able to be their own boss. Um, and I also, you know, I'm just grateful that there's so many women out there that are willing to say yes before they're ready. That's, that's yeah. back to, well, I don't know, am I qualified to do this? Well, it all starts with saying yes and the rest you can figure out. Yeah, for sure. So as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, wow. Um, that's a fun one. <laughs> I, a, a couple of traditional things. One, I actually thought I wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> Doesn't sound like the most glamorous side of business, or, but I, I thought that sounds like a good, predictable, quasi-flexible, still fulfilling sort of line of work, but I wasn't cut out to be a doctor. Um, so I thought maybe a dentist would be a good option, but then chemistry was not really my thing. So quickly Same. shelved that. <laughs> um, I did, I had a business, my first business when I was little, uh, I didn't go the lemonade stand route. I did sell friendship bracelets and I did hair wrap and we painted nails. And so I, I really liked the idea of coming up with something, a way to you know make your own money, but I never had any entrepreneurs in my family. And again, going back to the, I must train myself how to do something. I didn't have a entrepreneurial course to, to really follow. So it was just this elusive idea. Um, so then, so I won't even say that I always wanted to work for myself or I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really know what that meant. So hence how different that is from the dental track. But I also have this weird interest in transportation and logistics. I mean, how bizarre does that sound? But like the thought of an Amazon warehouse or even, you know, to bring it to pandemic times, the thought of vaccine rollout like that, that kind of thinking excites me. So we'll it's see. It's your type A personality. You think so? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's so, as I said, that's, that's the three things I at least thought about. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely can see I mean, even though they're different things, but just your interest in like developing systems and logistics, like all of that. I mean, it's all the same thing. It's just in a different way. You know what I mean? So okay. See, that. this is so helpful, Jazz, to hear you, hear you <laughs> be my objective party and make sense of some of this because I didn't really think of it that way. But yeah, I do. I do like. I I have a soft spot for franchise businesses. I have a soft spot for women who do you know, the independent consultant, the independent representative for larger companies. I like, I like repeatable systems that you can get that entrepreneurial fulfillment, but yet not need to reinvent the wheel yourself. Right. So, um, so you've just helped me make sense of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your degree in marketing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. So I guess like as an adult, you know, while you're going to school for marketing, did you imagine then that maybe you would go the entrepreneur track or did you think, you know, you would work for like a marketing firm or for like in a marketing department for another business? What did you kind of imagine at that time? Great questions. I 
I remember studying marketing because it fell under business and my parents really never said, do what you love. You know, they really felt like you need to go to school and learn something that is applicable to a paying job. So business was the path for me and marketing was at least a little bit of creativity infused in business as opposed to finance um, or something that was a little drier for me. So from there though, what's marketing? Like what, there are a lot of careers in it, but what do I want to do? And I remember getting the advice in college to learn to sell something. So I, I can't even tell you how many times that has helped me in life when I left school when I you know I finished college um, I went into some very low pressure sales roles like hospitality um, I when I first moved to Michigan I was in office equipment sales not very glamorous I mean copiers fax machines but man we had a quota and you had a territory to manage and it was very high stress again all 20 something years of me at the time but to go in and you know ask for a sale and have to deal with rejection that that was the best training that I had out of school um, learning how to sell something so whether you go work at a cell phone store or in cosmetics or at anything involved in selling something I, te I think will teach you so much and it really does parlay nicely into into marketing and it, like I said it's come full circle to me today yeah I was you know just thinking about how you know everybody has like this negative connotation with sales and like it's icky and all these things but I think what most people don't realize is no matter what you do in life you are selling something right if you're a mom you're selling to your kids right <laughs> I gotta convince you to go get into the bed and go to sleep right if you are someone who wants to work in the corporate world you're selling yourself to companies right in interviews like that is literally the interview process you're selling yourself you're putting yourself out there to get hired like like that is literally all we're doing in every asset of life all the time and you know i think that it is really important to learn those skills and then you can apply them in whatever way you would like to apply them in life you know Jasmine, you're so wise because to think of it as applying to more than just your work self, I mean, absolutely your personal life. Um, and, and why do we have that icky sales thing? I mean, we could really unpack that of just, you know, women being literally trained by society to be likable and the thought of selling something that you don't fully believe in might feel like, oh, well, I, I, this person might not like me if I'm pushing something onto them. Um, but I think the sales mindset to your point is is very useful and is very productive and to your point even in an interview i mean that is you're literally selling yourself your skills um but also i really saw the the switch kind of flip for me when i went from selling something like copiers which at the end of the day your heart isn't in right, right? It's, <laughs> maybe some people it is for me it wasn't yeah and and then when I had to literally knock on doors to small businesses and say like let me do your social media and this is what it looks like and this is what it means and this is what I'll charge I genuinely believed in it so it didn't it didn't feel like such a burden to go out and sell it yeah absolutely so when did you realize the impact of social media from a business standpoint? I think part of the impact to me was just seeing a new platform 
happen at a time when I was ready to, like I said, offer a service to businesses. In other words, TV was already established, radio was already established, newspapers, print, like that was all out there. And I felt like, again, I'm, I'm very new to those traditional marketing channels, but social media was like, wow, everybody's starting at ground zero and having to figure it out themselves. So timing worked out for me to, like I said, 10 years ago, to at least start to talk about Facebook before businesses even knew what it was. With that said, it's still so new. And that's something I talk about with the gals that are interested in doing this kind of work. You are not late to the game if you are not on TikTok yet. I mean, you have so much that you can learn, first of all, quickly. I'm sure you have plenty of knowledge just from already you know, being a social media personal user, but I still feel it's an industry that you can say, back to your point about like, what's this for business? It's okay to say, no, I'm not familiar with that. Or, oh, that's a feature we haven't tried yet and not feel like, okay, I just lost my expert status. Right. And also like these social media platforms come out with new features like every day. <laughs> so, so we're true. all learning all, you know, like reels, like that just came out what, a few months ago. We all learned that together. And there are still some people who are like, I don't even know where to upload a reel, right? Or how to record one or how do I add audio? like. You know, people who use it have figured it out, but there are still so many people who are like, I don't know what's going on, right? So I think it's just like, we're all figuring it out together and not knowing everything is okay. It's okay, you're yeah. right. And, and nothing is easier than just, like I said, like just start, right? Like you'll learn it. I wanna say it's easy, nothing's easier than starting, but once you get started, just attempt to do a reel. Like you can teach yourself so many pieces of this. Um, but I also, that you just talked about, there's new networks coming out. And as a, as a person who, you know, is a social media marketing professional, it's part of your job to advise businesses where to spend their time or not. So in a way, you're also bringing wisdom by saying, let's not just jump to the next network because it's there. Yeah, you know, to really say, well, let's think of your objectives and what is a good fit for you and let's try something. And if it doesn't work, then we'll abandon ship and not feel like it was a waste of time. Yeah. So I know you mentioned that you went to businesses to offer your services, you know, when you first got started. What were some other things that you did um, when you first had the idea to start your business? Uh, I would say it took me a long time to figure out the service scope. In other words, going back to my love of processes and systems and not reinventing a wheel, I felt like, okay, well, I'm going to be brave enough to go out on my own and establish some services to go sell and deliver and bill on and then rinse and repeat. But then all of a sudden I'd hit a prospective client that didn't need a piece of that scope of work. So do I modify? Do I come up with a new set of services? And that is probably very automatic for many entrepreneurs. But to me that I had to really push myself to say, it's okay that I'm having to innovate and change a little bit, even though what I'm doing was, was working. And so I've even seen the evolution of clients that used to outsource everything under the social media sun. And now we have clients that come to us for just a piece, right? Because maybe they're, you know, maybe they're doing some of it in house or, um, so that's, that's something I guess I had to do is constantly tweak my service menu. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what have been some of the biggest challenges you've come across and how have you overcome those? One of the biggest challenges that I've come across is having patience. And what I mean by that is you will always, one will always, I, I have always expected to be further than I am in the moment. And I, I think you, you, know, you can spin that as a good thing because then it constantly pushes you to keep going but it can also beat you down because then you feel like not enough, I'm not far enough, I haven't accomplished what I planned to do. And yet when you stop and say, well, what is it that you were planning to do? Then you go, oh, I guess I never really defined it or I'm being too hard on myself. And so just having the patience that you can see theoretically where you want to get to, but knowing that A, it takes time and B, you won't have a roadmap to follow. Um, in fact, I had a conversation not too long ago with someone that talked about there's many, many ways to get somewhere. And I, a year ago, completely disagreed with that statement. <laughs> I felt like, no, we figure out a way and then you persevere on that path. If you're off path or you have to recalibrate or come up with a new plan, that's a waste of time, but it's just necessary. So I think it all goes back to the biggest challenge I've had with my business has just been being patient. Yeah, yeah impatient with ourselves and giving ourselves grace we just all need that reminder like I know I do all the time because yeah. I'm constantly like but I didn't do this or I didn't respond to that email quick enough or I didn't you know whatever it is um you know giving myself grace and being patient with myself um I feel like those are areas that I often struggle in so I'm with you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it, it really does tie into the personal side and the and the work side of yourself that you know you can't separate the two. They are totally integrated. But I when I listen to certain, as I said, podcasts or audio casts, anything, I'm trying to take in information on a personal side that can impact my work side. And some of that is releasing some of the control and know that there is a plan and there are you will still get to where you're going and your intentions and your goals for yourself aren't necessarily the same as as gods or spiritually and that's okay like you you still will get to where you're going you just have to be patient yeah yeah absolutely so do you ever feel burnt out <laughs> oh wow um yes do I ever feel burnt out? Yes. Yeah. I I think that, again, I, I really try to live on this whole work-life integration lifestyle, this work-life integration thought. And to me, that is really defined as the difference between siloing the two. Uh, you know, work-life balance is not something that has ever resonated with me. I always felt like I was failing before I started. That was the whole like, must be a perfect mom, must be a perfect business owner and never mix the two. Um, so whenever I feel overwhelmed, that's usually when I'm, I'm trying to, you know, keep the two separated and not looking back at like, oh, wait a minute, what is important right now? Um, where can I get the most result from my effort? Um, and then making sure that you don't, if, if you start to feel that burnout, then you got to recalibrate right then because it can, it can certainly send you off a path quickly. Yeah, for sure. So I know we touched on earlier um, imposter syndrome, like when you started your business and just thinking like, I'm not, maybe I'm not the expert or what am I doing or 
whatever. How do you gain more confidence in those moments? First of all, I remember that there isn't a formal designation of you are ready now. Like that, and it's not even in a tangible college diploma. It's not even in a certificate of completion of a program. It's, it's truly that saying to yourself, I am qualified for this. And maybe some of your, your qualification is built on your ability to figure it out. Like you might not know today, but you're confident that you will figure it out if you're faced with something that you don't know the answer to. So I think that's that's something that I've at least really tried to, to keep in mind. Um, yeah, I, again, through so many of these questions, Jazz, I'm ready to say, and tell me what you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's hard yeah. to just like give your answer and not have a back and forth conversation. Yes, but please um, weigh in anything <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> um, so what is something that you're curious about learning right now? And it can be literally anything. Um, something I'm curious about learning right now. I mean, I guess if I, if I were to go outside the box with like a sport or a traditional hobby, I am, I am interested in getting better at skiing. Um, it's something, you know, we live where it's cold. It's a nice way to spend some of the winter. Yeah. And if I think of something that I'm interested in learning, I am, I am walking down this spirituality path. I will say that because I... I am, I'm a Christian. I was raised Catholic. I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I have a very head knowledge of God and spirituality. And so I love positive quotes and I love self-empowerment, but to hear some, some of finding purpose in your life through the context of God and spirituality has been really interesting to me. Yeah. So it's given me a new perspective. So I guess I'm interested in learning more about spirituality. I love that. I love that. Um, so who are some women that inspire you? Some women that inspire me would be, there's a woman named E. Rodsky, who again is the author of Fair Play. I've loved following so much of her content on social media this last year. Um, some other women that inspire me. Gosh, I'm... Uh, I shouldn't even be pausing on some of this. Like, in fact, I could probably name so many um, that that part of me is just hesitating. And some of the women that I've reached out to and I've, I've done some chats about work-life integration with, um, I have a friend who, her name is Maven Salem and she has her own business and she literally, her company provides um, protein packets for children in Africa that are malnourished. And there are times when I just think of like, what is a daily business challenge for me? And is someone's life impacted by it? No, but with her work, wow. So I look, I look over to her. Um, and again, so many female entrepreneurs today to follow. I love the mother honestly community. I think that's a really exciting one. Um, so thanks for asking Jess. Yeah. Um, so how would you like to see your community improve in communities, whatever you define community as, um, and what are steps that people can take to achieve that? My community to me is what I call work-life integration nation. And it's something that, you know, I have fully embraced because it was, it was really what made me say, oh, for all these years, we haven't just been working from home. Like this is an actual lifestyle. And once the pandemic hit and everyone was forced to work from home, that was our moment where we really said like, oh, we, we already know how to do this. Now with that said, 
it was still a complete challenge because we weren't used to working from home with kids and your husband and like everyone home all the time. But my community is absolutely women who want professional fulfillment and also want to be able to make personal choices, whether that's spending time with their kids or having that time to go read a book. Um, but work to me is not just paid work. It's anything you do for professional fulfillment. So if you have that blog or if you do some serious volunteering work, anything that requires you to use um, your professional side and your talents and things that fulfill you. So I guess to improve my community, what I'm doing is really trying to just get that message out there to women that you probably already are integrating your work in life. Um, don't just look at the things you do as well. I'm not paid for it. So that doesn't count as work um, or feeling like I can't be fulfilled from something because I don't have my own thriving, huge business. No, I mean, you can, you can get fulfillment um, in a number of ways on like I said, kind of the work side. So every day I'm trying to break down this concept and this lifestyle and how to get there. And so I'm figuring out as I'm, I'm even talking through this with you, Jazz, but yeah, just letting more women know that you probably already are integrating work and life, yeah. um, but how to actually think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I've always worked outside of the home until COVID okay. and um, have since been working from home and my job has decided a while ago that I will just work from home indefinitely. Um, okay. And I was talking to a friend and she was, she asked me, she said, would you, like, if you got another job offer, right? Like, would you be willing to go back to like working outside of the home? And I said, absolutely not. I will never, wow. ever, I would consider like a hybrid situation where like maybe I go in like twice a week and work from home. But I just, there's just no way. Like, I just would never be able to go back to working in an office every single day eight hours a day just I just want it and like also like I have you know the podcast and I have um my husband and I have a plant shop online and like all these things and so to be able to kind of like integrate you know like uh-huh. I spend eight hours a day doing my normal regular job but during my break like I get a 10 minute break right I can go run and fulfill an order or whatever um, where I just wouldn't be able to do the, those things from an office and it just makes life so much easier. So yeah, I just, I those are, be able to go I'm back. sorry, after you had that. those are perfect examples truly yeah. of work-life integration at work, you know, right. It happening right there. Um, you've got the entrepreneurial side of it. You've got your, your work, work, um, being able to make decisions on what you do personally. Yeah. It's. I'm actually stopping thinking that you like what a strong statement to say that to go back to a traditional office setting would be very, very difficult for you. And something you wouldn't want to do is is very telling. I'm sure many women feel that way. Yeah. And but I also look so much at, you know, I've been self-employed for 10 years, but I don't consider myself some, you know, like, oh, this is. I've got the entrepreneurial thing down. No, I mean, it's still, I love being able to work flexibly. Um, but as we talked earlier, there's always things that I want to be adding and doing differently um, to get better at the work and life side of things. So yeah, it's a big discussion to have. Yeah, for sure. So since this podcast is called Power of Her, is there anything you'd like to say to empower our listeners? Sure. Thanks for the question, Des. Um, to empower the listeners of the Power of Her podcast, I would just talk about thinking about you are probably already a work-life integrator. 
you know, just because you might have stayed home for a while or you work, you worked or are working in a job that isn't completely fulfilling, it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, in that community of work-life integrators. Um, it's something that, again, I'm figuring out. I've been self-employed for 10 years, but it's not a path just for gals who are self-employed um, to be able to call your own shots and make your own day work the way you want it to is is something that I consider part of work-life integration but like I said it's not exclusive to those who might not work for pay or those who might work for someone else it's a very inclusive lifestyle like I say being able to bounce between you know your personal choices whether that means heading to the park with your kid for five minutes because the sun just came out or being able to decide, hey, I have an hour that the kids are going to watch their two shows and I can jam out a little bit of email and get some fulfillment from getting some work off my plate. Um, that's something, like I said, I, I really, really am passionate about just a work-life integration lifestyle and mindset, really. So when I think about fostering any empowerment for a community, I think about women looking at themselves today and saying, wow, I'm already doing so much of this integration myself. Yeah, yeah, I love that so much. So, Emily, how can people find you, connect with you, support you, all the things? Oh, thanks, Jazz. So, I am, my Instagram handle is Emily A. Hay, and you can find anything you would need to reach me from, from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you. I'm yeah. honored to be on the podcast with you. Yay. <laughs>